Father, we thank you that we can come to you, that we can, we can fall before you. We can count on you to be working. We know that, that we have access to you because you, Lord Jesus, have died for our sins, been raised. Now, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can come to you. And we ask now that you would meet with us as we look at your word. God, we are so grateful how you are doing a work in our family. And we're grateful that we get to be a part of the work that you're doing in the world by giving our tithes and offerings as we pray every day for an awakening and for needs in our city and church. God, we need you. And we ask that you would now help us to understand your way and your will and the plan that you have for us. Christ's name we ask it. Amen. If you would, go ahead and be seated. I want to thank all the children for being in here with us. I'm loving seeing so many children in our worship service and love seeing so many of you. It's great to see a lot of college students here as well. Welcome back. Some of you welcome to Bowling Green. Students on the way out, head to door B. There's going to be a tent out there set. We just want to meet you. We have uh, some Chick-fil-A and Sonic cards. We want you to have at least one good meal this week, all right? So, uh, Head that way if, if, you don't, if you don't mind. We, uh, we're talking about having a 2020 vision of what God can do. We believe that, that God can absolutely transform lives and fill us with hope and do much more than we could hope or imagine. And we want to make sure that we're seeing Him rightly because when we see God rightly and, we, and we're able to perceive what it is He's doing, it transforms us. And, and as God transforms us, we get to be a part of, of His work in the world, impacting our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with the hope of Jesus. And that's what we're all about. It's, it's the mission of God. And to be a part of the mission of God, we have, to, we have to have His provision. So this month, the month of August, as we're getting ready to get into the fall, we're taking some time just to understand how God provides what he provides, and what it is we need to do in response to him. You know, here we are in this pandemic. We're in this situation where our worlds, this world's just radically changed, but God has not changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And, and he is doing his plan. He's fulfilling his plan. He's got a plan, and he wants us to be a part of it. And our text today shows us a lot of how we can do that. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go ahead and go to Isaiah. Uh, this whole series is built on, uh, it comes out of Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, just a reminder, Isaiah, uh, the prophet, preached during a difficult time. Uh, the prophet's basically getting uh, the Israelite people ready to go into exile into Babylon. The people have been unfaithful for generations. And, and now God has spoken, and he has said, now there's no turning back. The Babylonians are going to come. Nebuchadnezzar is going to destroy this nation. He, he, he's going to destroy the temple. He's going to destroy the king's palace. He's going to take down the walls. But God is assuring them that, that he's not done with them. Isaiah had a tough task. Uh, when you read uh, the prophet Isaiah, uh, pay careful attention uh, to the details because there's a lot of details in there. And he had, a, he had a tough life. In Isaiah 6, he sees God in all of his glory and the angels cry out, holy, holy, holy. And God says, who's going to take this message for us? And Isaiah says, me. And God says, that's great. Come here, Isaiah. You're going to preach, but no one's ever going to listen to you. No one's going to do anything that you say. In other words, Isaiah felt like a mom, right? And, and there's just this constant frustration on his life. And, and so he's preparing the people for this inevitable judgment that's coming. 
but he also has a message of hope. And that hope is God is in control. God has a plan. And God's plan is eternal. God created this plan before time and space began. This plan goes on into eternity forever and ever. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than our individual lives. But God's plan is personal. Each one of us has a place in God's plan. He knows each one of us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our circumstances and situations better than we do. And he has a plan for us in that eternal plan. And that that eternal plan of God is redemptive. God's goal is always his glory. And God is glorified most in, in treasonous sinners turning from sin and finding new life in the salvation that he alone can give. The glory of God is revealed and the glory of God is resounded every time a saint looks to Christ, every time a sinner is saved and becomes a saint. This is the work of God. This is the plan of God. I don't know if you know God's plan. I don't know if you've had enough time in your life, in your Christian life anyway, to see God unfolding that plan. I tell you, this week, uh, one afternoon as I was working on this sermon, I just had tears in my eyes. I'm so, just so grateful for God's plan, how God has worked this plan for me, how a rotten sinner like me could be saved and called into ministry, how God provided thousands and thousands of dollars of education and leaders to invest in me and guide me and, and help me, and, and all along, God's hand on my life, not just in my life, my soul. The Lord has comforted my soul. He has strengthened me. It's all a part of his plan. When I think about my life, I can't help but think about this church and what an honor. For over 19 years, it's been mine to serve as your pastor. And I think how for more than 40 years, this church has been a light in our city, a light in this world. And, And God's plan is being revealed even now. Here we are in nine services in this building today. I just, I just, uh, I was uh, out checking just to see how things were going and all the other services are filled. We have, we have uh, seven other languages preaching the gospel in this building today. God has, he's got a great plan for this church and we're so blessed to get to be a part of it. And, and over the years, he's just revealed, take this step, take this step, and he has guided us. And that's what God does. He is in control. And one of the worst things we could ever do is try to take control of our life and try to tell God how it needs to be. I know that sounds crazy, but we do it. See, what we do is we put God in a box. If you have a God box, I highly recommend throwing it away. God doesn't belong in a box. But but here's what we do. Many uh, of God's children say, Oh, yes, I have God. I have God in my life, in a part of my life. And if I need him, I wind him up. And right when I need him and I wind him up, he pops out. And he's there. It's like, God, you're here. I'm so glad you're here because I need you. I have problems. I have needs. Oh, there's something else to do? Okay, God, I'll see you later. Here, I'm going to snap you up until I need you again. Let me just kind of I mean, get you to fit back in there. Okay, God. Stay there. I'll call you if I need you because I'm in control of my life. If I need you to pop up, I'll wind you up again. Don't worry, God. You stay right there. Okay, world, what do you have to offer me? That is a silly way to live, but so many do. God has the plan. 
God has the power. God is at work in the world. He's always working. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, God is working. And this plan is perfect. And we get to be a part of it. And our text today shows us how. Hopefully you're there. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read from and preach from verses 18 and 19. Let's all stand together in honor of the Word of God. Again, we're in Isaiah chapter 43 in verses 18 and 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen? Amen. If you would be seated and pray for the preaching of God's word now. Four things I would encourage you to note and to know about God's plan. What happens when God provides his plan. First note this, when God provides his plan, it will build on the past. It will build on the past. Now I know it says in verse 18, remember not former things, nor consider the old things. But look in verses 16 and 17, what, he just, what he's just communicated with them. He just spelled out what he did in the past. He just basically said, hey, Remember when I brought Israel out of Egypt? Remember how I provided a way through the Red Sea? Remember how I crushed the armies? See that in verse 16 and 17? And what he's saying here in verse 18 is, but don't expect me to do it the same way I did for them. So don't, don't be thinking that you've got me figured out and that you don't need me. Don't be thinking, oh, oh, I got this. God is going to do this and this and this, and I can always, and I can know it's going to be this way. He says, look, remember not the old things. But what we learn from the past, specifically God's word, is how he works. And so if we're going to know God's will and understand his plan, but we got to be able to look back and see where God's been faithful. It, it may not be in your journey yet. You, you may not be, have not been a Christian long enough to, to be able to look back in the distance past. I can guarantee you if you've been saved at least one week, you can see the faithfulness of God in a week. Some of you have been saved a few months. Some of you have been saved a few decades. And we can look back and we can see the faithfulness of God. And, and what that looking back does, it inspires us. It encourages us. And we can say, look what God has done. But we can't just look back. We've got to look up. When we look up to God, here's what we know. God is in control. God is sovereign. And God's plan is going to get done because God is in control. And we can look back. And we can see the way he has taken us step by step through life up to this point. We can look up and we can know God is in control. I can pray to him. I can count on him. I can, I can put my faith in him. And then we can look forward. We can look forward and know that, that God is, is active, that he's doing something. What he's doing is significant. It's eternal. It's personal. It's redemptive. And I can be a part of it. So at all times, we're, we're, look what God's done in the past. Look who God is. Look what he's about to do. We're always looking. But understand, God always works in the, in the context that we're in. He works in the same way in that he's the same God. But he's not always going to make it. It's not always going to feel. It's not always going to happen the same way for us. Like, for instance, our family... When we go on vacation, we go to Florida. We go to the Gulf of Mexico, where all godly people go for vacation. Some friends were giving us a hard time. Why don't you go somewhere? You need to do this. You ought to do that. It ain't broke. 
We're going back to where we go. This is what we do. And you know what? It's the same place. It's the same way. But you know what? It's never the same trip. Something crazy always happens. Something fun always happens. Or some, y'all, some of y'all been around. How many of y'all remember when we went to Florida and Asher almost got eaten by that shark? Y'all remember that story? Great story. Remember I took the picture of the, of the shark? Funny. How many of y'all remember the year the humongous um, jellyfish came in? I told you I came back. And I'm not talking about jellyfish. I'm talking about jellyfish. Some of you all remember. And I thought it would be fun to catch one and bring it up onto the beach. Some of you all remember this. And I was using a shovel. And the wave hit and hit the shovel. And the, just so you know, these things are not real tough. It exploded. And the tentacles went all along the beach. And they canceled the beach. They had to shut it down. And you know, those mothers were not happy with me. And I want to let you know, I was there with friends and they all started backing out. Yeah, get the bald guy. What's his problem? (laughs) But every year we've gone, it's always something different. It's the same place. We get there the same way. But then there's always something different. There's something unique. Because every year is different. Every context is different. There is a single way with God. There's a single way. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One way. It's the same way. It has the final same destination, heaven. We come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. It is the way we are to go in life. And as we go in that way, we know where that's going to end. It's going to end in heaven with him. As we go along that way, God's plan is unique. Every year is different. Every season is unique. And God knows what we need in every season. God knows what he's going to do in every season. And so what we get to do is say, God, you're in control, not me. I didn't put you in a box because I can control you. You're in control. And I've submitted my life to you, God. And because you are my God and and I'm walking in your way, you're going to provide for your plan. And no, it's not going to be exactly the way it was last year. And no, it's not going to be exactly the way it was with my grandparents. It's going to be different. As we go through this pandemic, it's going to be different. On the other side of the pandemic, it's going to be different. God has a plan. God's plan is going to be revealed. It's going to build on the past. Second thing, when God provides his plan, it will bring a new reality. Verse 19, behold... I am doing a new thing. God brings his new reality into his children's lives when we are born again. When we repent and believe the gospel, we are resolutely, we are resoundly changed. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 speaks of this, this new reality. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we are saved... We are given a new eternal life. And again, there's only one way to get that life. It is through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, the verse from which we get our namesake as a church at Living Hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When we repent and believe the gospel, when we believe in Jesus Christ, he gives us a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit and we're saved. We're saved from our sin. We're we're saved from a life that depends upon us. We're given a new life where we can pursue and recover God's design. We know the world is not as it should be. 
The, the thing I love about Christians is that we're not naive. We, we don't look at the world through, you know, these rose-tinted glasses. We get that the world is broken. And we understand that the natural inclination of human beings is to sin. Even the good things we want to do are tainted with sin and selfishness. And that's why we have so much brokenness in our world. And God, God could have abandoned us in that brokenness, but he didn't. He didn't. You know what God did instead? God said, I'm going to personally come in human form and save you. He promised it and he did it. God said, I'm going to die to pay for your sins. He promised and he did it. He said, I'm going to be raised on the third day. Now I'm going to pay for your sin, but I'm going to conquer death. And as promised, he did it. And he said, I'm going to come back one day. I'm going to make all things new. He promised and he will. This is our hope. We have a new life in Christ if we've repented and believed the gospel. And in this new life, God is working to bring about this new reality. And, and, and the goal, the goal is to make us more and more like Jesus. If you are a Christian, if you've repented and believed the gospel, let me assure you that God is working in your life to make you more and more like Jesus. Philippians 1.6 is, is a promise you can hold to. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. God is always making us more and more like Jesus. And to make us more and more like Jesus, God does new things in the world. We should expect the world to change because God is changing us. And so there are going to be tough times you and I, as God's children, are going to go through challenges because God uses those hard times to, to rub off sin and to get rid of some things that need to get out of our life. I hate hard times. I hate them. I want it to be happy all the time. But as a, as a, as a person who's been a Christian for, for more than three decades, let me tell you something. I can look back and see the hard times, and I know that that's when I became more and more like Jesus. It seems like the harder the time, the more God conformed me to the image of his son, Jesus. We should expect hard times. We should also expect blessed times, blessings. We should anticipate God blessing our life so that we can be more like Jesus. Why does God give his children blessings? So that we can be a blessing. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. We are more and more like Jesus as we give more and more of ourselves to serve God's purpose. God doesn't bless us so we can brag about how blessed we are. God doesn't bless us so we can hang on and hide those blessings. God blesses us so that we can experience the greatest joy in life. The greatest joy in life is being a blessing. It is receiving God's blessings and then giving those blessings away. We should expect challenges, hard times. We, we should expect there to, to be these blessings. And, and yes, we should also expect when we go through those hard times that God would comfort us. The God of all comfort will comfort us in Christ Jesus. And you know why he comforts us? Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he said, God has comforted you so you can be a comfort to others. As a family of faith, we're a large church family. And it, doesn't, it seems like there's not a week that goes by that someone in our church family doesn't go through something hard. And you know what's such a blessing for me and for our leadership? 
as when, is when people go through hard times, we can often say, hey, we know someone who's been through this hard time. As a matter of fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a young man, and I, I, I called Pastor Bill, and I said, Pastor Bill, I said, here's the situation. I don't know you. I know you don't know this young man. I, I, he's a dear friend of mine. Don't we have someone who's been through this? He said, well, here's a list. Which one you want? And how great that that leader went and met with that young man and sat down and said, okay, here's what you're going through. I've been through that. Here's what God did. And there was comfort. That young man texted me and said, I cannot thank you enough for the, for the help, for the hope. This is what happens with God's people. God does something new. God, is, God works through us. And yes, it's hard sometimes. And yes, it's blessed sometimes. Yes, it's, it's, it, we often need God's comfort. But all of it is to bring about a change in our lives so that we conform to the image of Jesus. Friends, be smart. Be smart. Think about it. If God's going to change us, he's going to have to be in, put us in situations where things are changing. And those changes are going to be used by God according to his plan to change our lives. Expect change. Praise God for change. Praise God it's different. Praise God it's, it's not like anything you've ever seen. Praise God because God is doing a work in you. He's going to do a work through you. He's going to comfort you all along the way. He's going to bring a new reality. And the third thing is this. When, when God provides his plan, it will become clear in time. It'll become clear. Look at that question in the middle of verse 19. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? Please understand, God is not hiding his will from us. God's will is seen through his word. If you want to know God's will, you've got to study God's word. God's word explains to us who God is and how he works in the world. And, and how he's at work in the world is according to his will. To know God's will, to know his plan, we got to get to know God. And the way we get to know God is through his word. You know, it's interesting right now, lots of kids, praise God, are going back to school tomorrow and Tuesday. And a lot of college students are here, and, and it's just dawned on some of them, oh yeah, I'm supposed to go to class here. I'm not just here to hang out and, and have fun. Oh yeah, that, there's school that I'm supposed to do. So as, as the students go to school, they're meeting their teachers, their professors, and they're all wondering, what kind of test are they going to give? They're trying to figure out their teacher. They're trying to figure out their professor. Is this someone who, who is going to lecture a lot? Is this someone who's going to use the books? I mean, I, I, I was talking to a student the other day. said, yeah, I'm not real sure if I'm going to buy my books. What? My day, we had to have books. What do you people do over there? Uh, you know, well, sometimes you just download something. You did, you da what? I'm going to tell you something about our God. He uses the book, all right? He uses the book. Not all professors use the book. Some just use the lectures. Now, here's what the students are doing. They're trying to figure out, what is this teacher want? What is this teacher, this professor going to do? They're trying to figure out the teacher. They're trying to figure out the professor. We need to figure out God. Here's what I can assure you. God teaches from the book. He also teaches through life experiences. Now, he tests us with trials, with temptations, and with thorns. 
But good news, all tests are open book, and you can ask your neighbor. It's good news, right? It's not even cheating. You can call a friend. You can say, hey, I'm going through this test. I'm going through this challenge. What do you think the answer is? And it's God doesn't even get, he like encourages group work. This is good news. God works from his word. He wants us to talk with other people. Yes, the tests can be hard. But all of it is so that we can be trained for our assignment. The more we walk in obedience to God, the, the more we understand his will. And God, God usually, he doesn't give us the whole plan. That's been my experience anyway and, and, and the people I know and talk with. God usually just gives us one step at a time. Now, honestly, I, I, so, I so wish that God would just say, here, Pettis, here's everything you need to know. It just doesn't work that way. God gives it one step at a time. I was talking to a pastor friend this last week, and we were commiserating all the mistakes we've made in leadership over the years. And, and I, said, I said, you know, I so, I so wish I knew then what I know now. I wish I could go back 20 years, and, and I wish I could know then what I know now. But my friend reminded me, you would not have paid attention. Let me tell you something. There's two kinds of people. There's smart people, and there's wise people. Smart people learn from their own experiences. Our own experiences are very painful. I'm smart. You know what I want to be? I want to be wise. Wise people learn from others' experiences. They're able to see that truth and they're able to apply it to themselves. I'm smart. I've got the scars and the limps to prove it. I, I think about 20 years from now, in the year 2040, I'll be 67 years old and here's what I think is going to happen. I think I'm going to say to a pastor friend 20 years from now, I wish I would have known in 2020 what I know now. And I could know it, but I probably am just going to have to wait and go through the experience myself because I'm smart. I'm not necessarily wise. But regardless of your wisdom or your how smart you are, let me tell you how God almost always works. God almost always gives us a step at a time. So here, what that means is if you're going to know God's plan, three things. First of all, you got to pray. And you've got to pray specifically. You can't pray that, you know, oh God, bless us. Bless this day. Be with us. As if those things are not already promised in the scriptures, by the way. If you want to know God's plan, here's what you got to do. God, specifically provide this and do this. Provide this and do this. And if God doesn't provide this and do this, you say, okay, that must not be what God wants. Okay, God, do this and provide this. And you keep praying specifically until you see what God is providing and what he wants to do. Now, as you're praying, you got to be talking to your brothers and sisters in Christ, sisters to sisters, brothers to brothers. And you need to have people that know Jesus, know his word, and know you so that you can have a conversation. Okay, here's what I'm praying for. Here's what seems to be revealed. Do you agree that this is God's plan? So you talk to Jesus and, and you talk to, to other believers. And, and then finally, you got to step out in faith. The, the Christian life is not hypothetical. It's real. 
And, and as you pray and as you talk with other believers, there comes a point where you have to step. Now, let me tell you about the steps. When you are where you are and, and God says, okay, here's step A. It's amazing. When you step out on the step A, you start to see step B. And when you're firmly on step A, you can really see step B. And then you take step B. And as guess what? As you're starting to see, get into step B, you begin to see step C. If you don't, you pray, you consult, and then you find step C. And then after step C, you step there. What do you think you start to see? Step? Okay, D's after C. I know we haven't been in school a long time. Let's, re- let's review. Okay, let's review just for a minute, just real quick, because I'm concerned about some of y'all going back to school. First is step. Then step, then step, and then after that is, all right, you can follow God's plan. You can do it. It's a step at a time. God's not hiding it from you. He is going to walk with you through it. He does that according to his word. As you know his word, you know his will. And as you pray his will according to his word and you talk with his people, you step out in faith. And the Lord provides his plan last. When God provides his plan, it will bless those who believe. Now, now make sure you understand that exclusivity. It will bless those who believe. Verse 19 is a great encouragement to me. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Please know God cannot be stopped. God will always make a way for his will. And when we come to saving faith, God gives us what we need, which is his spirit. He promised this in Ezekiel 36, beginning in verse 26. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And look at this, verse 27. Notice the capitalization and I, will get, and I will put my spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, that's the third person of the Trinity, the living God. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And when we are alive in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, he guides us in truth. Listen what Jesus said. This is John 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. In order to know the plan of God, you've got to be walking in the spirit of God. And in experiencing the blessing of the Spirit of God. What is the blessing? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me pause there for just a moment. Do you have those? What are you lacking? Why are you lacking Friends, there's no place for sin in a believer's life. Sin clouds the soul. If you're living in sin, you are not pleasing the Spirit. 
Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, the scripture says. When you're living in obedience to God according to his word and the spirit of God is pleased with you and the fruit of the spirit is being exhibited, well, now there's a whole new life. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's what it is to get rid of sin. It's to kill it. Starve it out. Choke it out. Refuse to feed it. Refuse to allow it to have its work. Crush it. And when you do, you'll be living by the Spirit. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also live this keep in step with the Spirit. Here's good news. God is always working. Even when I can't see it, He's working. Even when I can't feel it, He's working. And what God is calling us to do is to keep in step with Him. Keep up, God says. And as we do, here's what God provides. The Holy Spirit will guide us. He will make a way in the wilderness. So, when times are hard, when you're being tested with temptation and trials and thorns, God makes a way. And, and as you're doing that, look what else he promises he does. The Holy Spirit will refresh us. He will make rivers in the desert. When we, when we feel like we're just choking and we just feel so dry, Holy Spirit, he quenches that thirst like nothing else can. Friends, God has said, that we can know what to do. His word reveals it. And here's the thing. The more we do it, the more his strength we find. The more of his strength we find at work in us, the more joy, peace, and hope we have. If you're trying to figure out life on your own, it's not joyful. It's not. If you're trying to figure out life on your own, Here's what's going to happen to you. Just, just figure it out. Trust me on this. If you're doing life on your own, if you're successful, you're going to become prideful. And sooner or later, you'll fall. If you're not successful, you'll despair. And you'll think yourself worthless and have no value. Either way, you're in trouble. If you're going to do life on your own, under your control, you're either going to fall into pride or to despair. If you will walk with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, step by step, you'll discover his way. His plan will be revealed. It will give you joy as you are strengthened by him to do it. And then, and then, there's life. That's the life of God. It's a life filled with hope and peace and confidence as things are changing and things get hard and we're tested, all these things. God is with us. Let me ask you a, a very, very serious but very simple question. If you don't mind, just kind of close your eyes and bow your head right there where you are. Let me, let me ask you a very significant question. Have you repented of your sin and believed in Jesus? Have you trusted Jesus? Are you alive to God through faith in Christ? If not, you're on your own and you're going to fall into despair or pride and either way, it's going to be a mess. If you want Jesus, if you want his plan, tell him right now. Tell him you're, you're sorry for your sin 
Tell them that you believe that Jesus died to pay for your sin. Tell them that you believe that he's alive and you want him to live in you forever. Thank him. Now, some of you are believers. Let me ask you, are you walking? Are you keeping in step with the Spirit? Right now, renew your faith commitment to Jesus Christ. Repent of any pride. Repent of of the despair you feel where you've tried to to depend on yourself. Tell him you're wrong, that that you want to rely on him, that you want to trust his plan, that you're going to walk in the truth. Now, what do you need? What's one thing you need God to do in your life? What's one thing you need God to provide? What is one thing you need from God? Ask specifically for it. Ask for a date for it to be given to you. Be very specific. Ask for it right now. Father God, you are good and great and awesome and mighty. We thank you for Jesus who's died for our sins, has been raised and now gives us access to you by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said would come. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you for giving us new life. Would you now allow us to walk in this life so that we can know God's plan and fulfill it? Thank you for this provision. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.